Holy Spirit, we ask you in the name of Jesus. And the word declares that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they appeared unto them clothing tongues as of fire. And it sat upon them. Holy Spirit, we ask you to do it again. Do it again, Jesus. Heal, deliver, and set free. We come expecting, we come hungry, we come thirsty. We ask you to send angelical hosts in this place. Send the anointing that breaks every yoke in the name of Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We ask you to manifest in us and through us. We ask you to have your way. In the name of Jesus, reveal your power, reveal your glory. Reveal your signs, wonders, and miracles. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Can I have a water, please? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is going to be good. Amen? This is going to be good. Well, I just want to share a little bit about me. Um, I'm originally from New York. I lived there for probably 25 years. I was born and raised there. And um, I moved here about 20 years ago to go to Bible college. I lived there um, in New York City up until two years after the World Trade Center um, happened. You know, when the towers uh, was destroyed. I, I worked at the World Trade Center. I'm a World Trade Center survivor and never thought um, that I would um, be here in Ohio. Who, I mean, who comes to Ohio, right? <laughs> Only the great ones, apparently. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so I came here, and this is where I met um, Derek, who's my husband, and we celebrated 19 years this year, and um, hallelujah. Truly, that is the blessings of the Lord. And um, I'm about to celebrate my 46th birthday in two days. So um, I'm a businesswoman. I sell real estate. I've done that for over 19 years. And um, we're foster parents. We had over 50 kids in our home that we raised. And um, we just love the Lord. <laughs> so that just give you a little bit about me. Amen. Um, I would like to start off with um, my life verse. Amen. Everyone should have a life verse, a scripture that defines you. We all need to have one. I heard this earlier this year, and I, that really stuck with me. So we need to have a life verse that specifically tells you who and what you are. In other words, God has specifically told you that this is what and who you are. Amen. So let me tell you this. I am a participation preacher. I like participation. Okay, you got me? Okay, so let's just practice real quick. So if something hits your heart, it's okay to say hallelujah. If something triggers you in your spirit, it's okay to say thank you, Jesus. 
It's okay to say, um, God is good, amen? And it's also good to say, amen, because amen says means so be it, right? So talk to me. Is that all right? Amen. Glory to God. So in case you forget, keep going back to the scripture. So whatever the scripture that God has defined you, that, has, that he has specifically given you, and maybe you received it already, and maybe you got it, and you don't even know you have it, or maybe you just don't have it. It's okay. Keep living. It's coming. And when you get that scripture, do not forget it. Okay? When trial comes your way, go back to the scripture. When hard times come, go back to the scripture. When confusion comes, go back to the scripture. When you can't see your way, go back to that scripture. Remember what he has told you. Sometimes you may feel inadequate. I know I felt like that the other day, but in that moment, you have to cast down those thoughts with the power of the word of God and keep moving forward. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, keep moving forward. Hallelujah. You have to go back to the scripture. So the verse you keep going back to when you have hard times, when it, when it comes your way, to serve as a remembrance of what God has told you. You have to keep going back to it. And I'm just realizing this at age 45. So in Jeremiah the, um, 1 through 5, it says, Before I formed thee in thy belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee, and I ordain thee as a prophet unto the nation. So in January, I was asked to come to the state house to pray in the main public area where they have their big gatherings. And I was asked to pray for the prophets to arise in Ohio. And when I was asked to pray that prayer, I was like, what? Okay, what? give me the scripture, right? So um, I was asked to pray this, and I didn't realize until I finished praying that I was actually calling myself forward as well. So when I stood before those people, it was hundreds of people in the room, and I just be began to declare and decree that the prophets arise in Ohio. And then when I walked away and I got in my car, I just wept because I knew what God was telling me in the midst of me praying. So it's important that you get that scripture and you keep it before you. So when you go through those hard times or the enemy try to play tricks on you and try to, you know, redefine you. Because he will try to do that. But guess what? He's a liar. Hallelujah. So as I was preparing for this message, I sensed in the spirit that Holy Spirit would like to show us something new and fresh. And I really praise God for Tori because, wow, she was definitely in the vein and like, okay, okay, God. So I want to start off by talking about the era we are in as a church. In other words, what space of time on God's calendar are we currently in? Era, E-R-A. It means a long and distinct period of history with a particular feature, a period of time known for particular events or developments, a period of time beginning with some special date or event. There, is a, there are different eras that the Bible, been, um, that the Bible has um, took us through. If you go through Genesis all the way to Revelations, there's different eras. And I want to talk about... Um, Genesis 1 and 1. 
So it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Day one, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Day two, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Day three, God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. He created dry ground, seas, and plants in day three. Day four, God said, let there be light and the firmament of the heaven, and divide the day from the night, and let there be signs, and for the seasons, and for the days and years. He created the sun, the moon, and the stars, and day four. Day five, God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that have life, and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. He created the birds. Day six, God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, that, and the beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. In other words, you have authority over all the creeps. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And in the evening and the morning was the sixth day. When God created us, he said, Let us make man in our own image. That is the only time when God was talking about creation, he said, Let us. So he was talking to, to Jesus and Holy Spirit. He said, let us make man in our image. And then as you um, continue on, it also says that he's called it very good. So when he got to us, he called us very good. So in other words, you are very good. Even though you may think you're very bad, I'm here to tell you that you are very good. You are very good in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. Genesis 2, 1 and 4, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day for all his works which he has made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. God worked was finished. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, God's work was finished. Hallelujah. What God created was perfect and complete, and he gave dominion to us. He gave us dominion and authority. Although Adam lost the authority, the last Adam got it back, which was Jesus Christ. He got it back, Amen. So God rested from his work, and a handoff happened between God and Jesus. 
So now let's talk about the era, the period of time of Jesus' finished work. Tread with me. Follow me. In Genesis 3 and 15, it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is God prophesying Jesus coming. And he's prophesying what Jesus is going to do to the enemy. He's prophesying that the enemy will be defeated. Don't you know the enemy is a defeated foe? He is defeated. He has no power. He has no authority. In Matthew 3, 16 and 7, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hmm. So let's look at Jesus' ministry. So in Matthew 4 and 24, it says, And his fame went throughout all, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers disease and torments, and those who were possessed with devils, and those, those that was um, lunatic, and those that were sick, and he healed them all. Jesus healed them all. He healed them all. Not one walked away that was not healed. That's very important that we understand that. That Jesus did not leave one sick person. He healed them all. So society says that mental health issues are, is on the rise. Have you heard that? Everything is about mental health. They're calling everything mental health issues. It's, it's, it's the mental health problem. We got to fix mental health people. So my question is, how did Jesus deal with mental health issues? Ah. Hallelujah. He healed them all. And he cast out demons. All mental health issues is not a demon. Okay? But all of them need to be healed by the healer. Amen? Amen? So society is calling it a mental health issue. You know, we have, you know, everything that happens in our society, in our world is, is, is deemed, you know, they have mental health issues. January 6th at the Capitol, February 14th at Parkland High School. You mean to tell me a young man goes into a high school and slaughters over 17 young people and they say mental health crisis. A man goes into Walmart and starts killing their employees. And they say, a mental health crisis. A man goes on a rampage and starts raping and killing women. And they say, a mental health crisis. I would tell you that there isn't a rise in mental health, but it's a, a rise in the lunatic spirit. And Jesus wants to know what the church is going to do about it. There's a rise in a demonic spirit. And they're trying to put it on and, and, you know, make it to be that, oh, they just need counseling and they just need a therapist and they just need medication and, and they need to be, you know, on Zoloft and all these other things, Abilify and all these other things. But the root of the issue is that they need a healing to take place. 
And Jesus is looking at the church to answer the problem, to be the answer. So there are times for sozo to deal with the doors that we open, and it's important to do that. And there's times when a believer just needs to lay hands on a person and just cast the devil out. Okay. So I was, um, my husband and I, you know, we've been fostering for 13 years, and we went through training, I think 60 hours of training to become foster parents, and they taught us, you know, what to do with crisis. And, and um, we had a, uh, old Austin, our first kiddo, and he was 13 years old and um, a wonderful young man, and um, he had a lot of troubles, a lot of issues. But um, we was glad to have him. We was excited to have him. Actually, he was our second kid. And um, so one day we was in the living room and, and he was just talking to his mom on the phone. And we just, we're just having a nice conversation. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, something happened. He dropped the phone and he just kind of went off, you know. And I was like, oh, what's going on? You know, and then I'm thinking about my training. What did they teach me? What did he tell me to do? This is a crisis that's happening, right? So we're trying to console Austin and, Austin and tell him it's okay. And then we call the therapist and say he's having a crisis. And we put her on speaker. And then all of a sudden, he started manifesting. So I knew then that we wasn't playing, we wasn't dealing with, you know, just, we was dealing with something else, okay? And that doesn't mean everyone that has to, that is um, maybe oppressed or has um, something that is oppressing them has to manifest, but he did. He started manifesting. So I had the phone on, in my hand, and I remember just saying, oh, I know what this is, click. <laughs> so I hung the phone up on a therapist. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, she kept calling back, but then I started going into warfare at that point. I laid hands on Austin and started praying over him and binding and rebuking and telling the devil to go in the name of Jesus. And next thing you know, five minutes passed by, we answered the phone to the therapist, and she's asking him questions. Austin, I'm going to come see you. I'm going to check on you on tomorrow. And all of a sudden, he started saying, yes, Lord. And he, she said, what? Yes, Lord. She said, Austin, you okay? She said, he said, thank you. Jesus. He, he was responding <laughs> with what just happened in him. He was not listening to her. Every question that she said to him was, yes, Lord, and thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He had tears flowing from his body. Hallelujah. From his eyes. And boy, did God deliver him. And he set him free. Somebody look at your neighbor. All you need to do is be set free. So what we, what if we hit the streets as believers and just start laying hands on people and getting them free and getting them delivered and seeing dem demonic um, oppression leave them? That is what they need. Let me tell you something. When you look at all these drugs that they're putting these kids on and trying to keep them, with, you know, stable, you know, it is messing them up physically. This, old, this one has this medication. Well, we got to check you every three months to make sure you're, you don't have diabetes because it causes diabetes. And, and then this one causes liver trouble. And then this one causes that trouble. Why don't we just give them Jesus? 
Is there anybody in here that just want to give him Jesus, that just need to take him to the altar and lay hands on him and say, be free in the name of Jesus? He says in Matthew 8 and 16, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many, and they was all possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirit with his word, and he healed all that was sick. Luke 4 and 40. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had sickness and diseases brought them unto him, and he laid hands on them and healed them. Jesus wants to heal Jesus wants to heal. He paid for our healing. So why are we walking around sick? He paid for our riches. So why are we walking around broke? He paid for our salvation. So why are we walking around not knowing him? He paid for these things. My God. So this year, I was on a um, personal journey. I put myself on a personal journey with Holy Spirit um, because my soul desires to walk in divine health. Um, and I'm on my way. And in February, um, around, um, I think it was a Valentine's Day, I just started having some neck pain. And I was like, what is this pain? It kind of felt like, you know, when you sleep wrong, you wake up being like, oh, I slept wrong, so you have some pain there. And, um, but I didn't sleep wrong, so I didn't know why this pain was um, um, there. So as the days went on, it got worse. And I was like, man, it got worse. And I was like, oh. And then I'm, I've said in my mind that I don't want to, you know, I'm going after divine healing. I don't want to go to no doctor, you know. So, um, but it was so bad, and I was like, I need to go to the doctor. So um, my husband took me to the ER, and um, he, so I explained the, you know, the, what was happening. I explained to him what was going on. And then he said, well, okay, well, let's start treatment. Let's, um, I'm going to get you um, a scan. We're going to scan and see what's going on over there. I said, no, not doing it. He said, oh, okay. Um, well, um, let, let me see what we can get you some medication um, so we can, you know, it could ease the pain and, and all of that. I said, nope, not doing it. And then I looked at him. I said, are you a believer? Do you believe in Jesus? And he said, yes, I do. I said, okay, great. I said, I don't, I don't, what are the side effects of this medication that you're trying to give me? And then he run down the list of them. And I'm like, um, no. I said, well, you know, you can write the, sh the prescription, but um, I, I don't know about that. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, but before when I told him no about the scan, he said, well, you know what? It wouldn't show me nothing anyway. So why are we doing it? Why do you want to put radiation in my body? For what? For money? So you could just say that was the next step. Okay, we have different steps to go through to try to diagnose, to get you, you know, information so we could send you on your way with all these medications. So I said, no, I'm not doing that. So I explained to him you know, further what was going on with my neck. And he was like, wow, that sounds like a disc issue. Okay, is it, I believe it's your disc. You know, you're having some pain from your, from your disc and this, that, and the other. And when he said that, I thought about that. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because I have the this exact same pain that I was having here. I didn't really relate it until he said disc. 
And that was, um, I had some back pain um, years ago. And I was like, oh, I know how to fix that. I know how to handle that. Okay, thank you so much. You can discharge me now. So then I go home, and I just I knew I needed to just get in some hot water and some cold water. Going from hot and cold takes inflammation out your body, and just really getting that massage to kind of relax that 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 disc and the nerves there. And I was totally fine a day or so later. So you have to be careful um, what you are allowing these uh, medical professions to do on you. You know, so, you know, I, I'm just going to say this. So we all, women, we all have our yearly checkups, and we all, men, right, have yearly checkups. Who started that anyway? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> why do we go? Why are they saying we got to come every year? Money. Oh, if you don't come get checked out. Something's going to be there. Something's going to happen. I remember years ago, I was um, in the doctor with my husband years ago, and he was with his doctor, and um, he was like, yeah, we're all going to die from diabetes. <laughs> At some point or another, I said, we left that doctor. He never went back after that. I was like, what in the world is going on here? So then I, I, said, I said to myself, you know what? I am not doing no more mammograms. I said, I'm not doing them. I said, they hurt, and I, I don't like them. And guess what? And because of that, you know, they, they, those medical professions, they get angry with you. They get upset with you, you know, when you're not doing something that they, they want you to do. So um, I had a, a biopsy um, a couple of years back, and I went to the doctor, and they, and they said I needed to do another checkup, so they wanted to do a mammogram. I said, no, I'm not doing that. But they said I could do an ultrasound, so I said, okay, I'll agree to the ultrasound. So I, did the, I went in to do the ultrasound, and they said, well, if you, can't, if you won't do the uh, mammogram, you can't do the ultrasound. I said, please give me the doctor. So then she left, stormed out. I mean, why is she getting so angry? Because I don't want to do something. It has nothing to do with you. Right, but they end up doing an ultrasound. I never seen the woman back. She never came back to my, you know, my presence. The woman just came back and got me to, for the ultrasound. So, to make a long story short, I had to see the surgeon. I went to see the surgeon, and um, she said, "Well, um, why you don't want to do a mammogram?" I said, "I don't want to do it," you know. And she was, I said, because of the radiation and all these things, and there's other options, you know. And I said, "Are you a believer?" And she said, yes. I said, okay, I just need to know who I'm talking to. And then she said, um, yeah, so, um, you know, and she paused and kind of like sighed. And I was like, what's going on? She was like, you know, I just really wish that they would give you guys more options. I said, what do you mean? She said, you don't really have to do a mammogram. You could do an ultrasound or, or MRI where there's no radiation. But they don't give that to us black people. And she was white. And I said, what? I've never heard of that. They never offer that? This is a, 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 a white doctor telling me this. And then she said, well, you know, these cancers um, kind of runs in African-American people. I said, um, no, they don't. Don't put that on me.
So you have to be careful what you are saying yes to and okay to. I'm, this is not an indictment against medical, the medical field. We thank God for them. There's good doctors. There's, um, there's, they're saving people's lives. But they're also killing a lot of people too. And all I say is, ask Holy Spirit what you should be doing. When you should be doing and why you should be doing. He is the great revealer and t- to tell us what we need to do. Amen? So sickness needs to be treated, this is something from Jim Baker, like an enemy. There should be no one here, here, feeble or sick because of Jesus, because of what Jesus finished on the cross. Don't you know he finished it? (laughs) He paid for it. So all we have to do is let Holy Spirit heal us. So Luke 9, 1 and 2, it says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure all diseases. (laughs) And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God, and and they healed the sick. And these signs followed them that believed. They cast out devils. They spoke with new tongues. Matthew 16, they shall take up serpents. And if there's any deadly thing that, um, that uh, they touch or drink, it will not hurt them. They laid hands on the sick and they all was recovered. So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and, and sat on the right hand of, the, of God. And they went forth preaching everywhere and teaching and signs and wonders followed them. Matthew 10. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely, I have, freely you have received, now freely give. So my brother, many years ago, some of you know the testimony, um, I was in Ohio, I probably was here maybe maybe five years or six years or whatever, and then he overdosed on, on, on drugs and alcohol, and they could not find a pulse, he, um, he died. He, they rushed him to the hospital, you know, and he died. And um, I got wind of it, I heard of it, and I t- called my mom and told her. And then I remember, you know, running to the church and just, you know, me and Derek, we went to the church and we just started praying. And I just declared, I said, you know, I called his name out. I th- remember when Jesus called Lazarus. <laughs> so then I said, if Jesus could call Lazarus and greater work shall um, I do because he has gone to the Father, I could surely call my brother. So I said, Akita Gomar Latson, his legal name, get up, rise. And I'm here in Ohio. He's there in New York. And within that same hour, I got a call and said, he's up. So hallelujah. Give God praise for that. You see, I wasn't ready for my brother to go. You don't have to accept everything that is dished out to us. Or dish out to you. You do know you have the authority of Jesus Christ. You do know that, right? That the time, the last time I checked, it says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. And that same spirit will quicken your very body. Do I have any quickening spirits in here? That your spirit is quickening. 
because of what Jesus did. That same spirit dwells within you. What do you mean dwell? It lives inside of you. It resides inside of you. It's in you. In John 14, it says, Verily, very, the 12th chapter, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall you do, I mean, greater works shall you do, because I go to the Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And if you keep my commandments, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And if I pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye will see me, because I live in you, and ye shall live also. Don't you love the King James Version with all these ye's and thousands? He, he that have my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall love, shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself in him. But the comforter which the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I say unto you. John 16 and 7, because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the, the um, advocate, that's it, thank you, the intercessor, the strengthener will not come to you. So Jesus made it very clear that he had to leave and why. He made it very clear. And John 19 and 30 says, when Jesus therefore had received vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So here you have Jesus saying, it is finished. We already read that God finished his work. And now Jesus is saying, it is finished. So we see that we have another handoff happening. Now this handoff is between Jesus and Holy Spirit. Anyone, is anyone getting this? Is anyone following me? So we're in a relay race. You know, a relay race when you hand the baton to one and then they hand a the baton to the other and they hand a the baton to the other. So we have, we have a race happening that the baton was hand off from God to Jesus, Jesus to Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit to you. Follow me. The only one who is not finished their work is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the only one that's working. God is resting. Jesus is resting right next to him. He's finished. And Holy Spirit is at work. So we are in the era of the Holy Spirit. We are in the time and season of the Holy Spirit. And it's important that we get to know him. This is the time, this is the season that we are currently living in. 
but he is working through us. And here is another handoff. In Acts 2, 1 and 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It gives Holy Spirit great joy to use us that we're not a, we're not a perfect people. But it gives Him great joy to use us. What kind of love is this? Are you kidding me? The God of the universe gave us His Spirit to use at any time? What kind of love is this through all the mess and the mistakes and the baggage? Are you serious? Is this the love of God that he wants me just as I am? What kind of love is this? We can do more with the Holy Spirit than we think. You have been made one with the three in one. You are made one with the Trinity. You are the new address of the Trinity. There is no dis distance between you and Holy Spirit because you're one, Jim Baker. He lives in you. He is closer than you think. Holy Spirit is your partner. We must refuse to give myself we must refuse to give ourselves to sickness, to disease, or anything in this world. You think I'm alone, devil? I have all of heaven backing me. You think I'm alone, devil? I have the fire of the Holy Spirit. You think I'm alone, devil? Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. You think I'm here alone? Call on me and I will answer thee and, and I will show you great things. You think I'm alone? The truth of the matter is the devil is afraid of you. You are not alone. The, devil, the, the Bible says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus' work is finished, but it's time for you to pick up your cross and follow him. And the Holy Spirit is going to work through you. Kathleen Coleman is one of the most powerful women in ministry who has influenced many. Her ministry was marked by her relationship with Holy Spirit. Totally yielded to Holy Spirit. Her quote, God is not looking for gold vessels or silver vessels. He is looking for will, willing and yielded vessels. And guess what? You is what he's looking for. Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. Holy Spirit is the revealer of Jesus. Holy Spirit is a teacher. He, is, he has unlimited wisdom. 
He can tell you what to say, when to say it within that hour. He's the convictor of sin and love. He's the comforter. He's the deliverer. He is the healer. So this year, one of my greatest trials, I went through one of my greatest trials and struggles in life. But don't you know, when you go through something, whether, whether it's great or little or whatever, you have great victory in that area of what you um, have experienced. So one thing I have learned over these 45 years of age, we will at some point in our life experience our garden of Gethsemane. The garden of Gethsemane, in other words, the garden of the cemetery. This is the place where your will dies. And you will end up saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. This year has been the fight of my life. A fight for my faith. The Bible declares that we should fight the good fight of faith. The fight is for your faith. See, if the enemy can take your faith and the struggles of life can take your faith, they win. But if you have the fight, the good fight of faith, and we finish our course, we have to remember regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation, regardless of what you're facing right now, you win. You have victory. Jesus overcame, so now you can overcome. So I thought this was just one thing, you know, that happened this year. But it was a many of many things happened. You know, we lost the, uh, a good friend. I was shaken. My health was attacked. My business was attacked. My family. Going after a promise that you know without a shadow of doubt that Jesus said you can have. Have you ever been there? That he said you can have it, but you don't see it. You can have it, but it's been years. You can have it, but things have just been clouding your vision. You can have it. So going after something that you can't see, I had to face my greatest fear. Fighting myself wanting to run, but to find out there's no place to run to. Can't escape feeling trapped on every side. When you think that you can get peace for one thing, you find out there's no peace there. But it was until I got the revelation of the Garden of Gethsemane is where everything started to change for me. One Sunday, I was crying out before the Lord. I was just on the floor, and I was just crying out to him and just pouring my heart out to the Lord. That's good, you guys, to do. <laughs> and I was just giving it all to Jesus, and I remember when Jesus was in that garden. 
that came to my mind. And, and he said, you know, um, it came to my spirit, said, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be emotional. You know, sometimes you hide your emotions, you hide your vulnerability because you don't want people to see. But it's okay. So I reminded that Jesus was so overwhelmed about the cross and he was crying out. And I remember when Jesus went to the, um, and was in the garden and he had his disciples there with him because he needed help. He needed somebody. He wanted somebody with him. He took his disciples with him to this place. So I was reminded that Jesus brought his disciples with him to watch and pray with him because he was distressed. Yes, Jesus was stressed. He faced a battle in his flesh. He felt that he needed his disciples. What do you do when all have left and there are none around and the ones you think is there is sleeping? He went to them three times. He said, can't you just pray with me and watch for an hour? Peter, you need to be watching because you're about to fall into temptation. Peter, he left and went further and he went to pray and then he came back and it was deeper into sleep. Their eyes were so heavy, they couldn't even lift their eyes. So I don't have the time to talk about the Garden of Gethsemane in detail, but no, it was a place where Jesus was under severe pressure. The Bible says that Jesus was troubled and overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of sweating drops of blood. Three times Jesus prayed that it, if it be, you know, God's will for this cup of suffering to be taken from him. But your will, Lord, be done. Chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews tells us Jesus endured the cross, the shame, and he did it for the joy that was set before him. In other words, although he had severe pressure and severe torment, at the suffering he was he that at the suffering that he was going to undergo he pressed on because he knew that it was going to give him great joy he knew he was thinking about you he knew he was thinking about me he was thinking about the world he knew two things one was that it was he was going to obey the father in his will for his life. And two, he knew it was going to give him great joy. Hallelujah. So what helped Jesus during this time? Holy Spirit came and strengthened him. So when he was looking for the disciples to pray, and it's good to have prayer partners because many, some here knows uh, what um, I have experienced this year and just prayed for me. And I thank God for that. But what changed in me was I got to learn the Holy Spirit in a different way. 
Holy Spirit, strengthen Jesus. And when Jesus was strengthened, he was able to stand tall, pick up his cross, and walk and be crucified for you and I. We have the second best gift from heaven, and we don't even use it. The only reason a gift is given is to be used. What I went through this year brought me back to Holy Spirit. So when you're on the search, when you're going through hard times, when you don't see your way, and you can't get help from the left or the right. You need to dive into Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the helper. He is the comforter. He is the keeper. He is our friend. Whatever you need is in him. Do you believe that? It is in Holy Spirit. If you need something, something to happen in your life, you want a loved one saved, you want reconciliation, you need peace on your job, whatever it is, Holy Spirit is here right now to accomplish that. So I want to do an altar call, and the, this altar call is going gonna, is gonna to be for three categories. One is for your greatest fear. Whatever your greatest fear is, I just want you to write it down. Get a piece of paper and pen and just write it down. We're going to lay it down at the altar. Whatever your greatest fear is, whatever that's been... Um, tormenting you and whatever that has and maybe you don't have a fear praise the Lord but if you do have something if you have a, the greatest fear or if you have a fear or whatever it is you, I want you to write it down the next one is for healing God wants to heal he wants to heal this morning And the next one is whoever wants the fire of the Holy Spirit to be revived in them, to be awakened in them, to be more present in them like never before. And the scripture says, John said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus was the baptizer on the day of Pentecost. Some of y'all going to catch that later. He said, as a rushing mighty wind. Who was the wind? 
He said, I must go so I can send the comforter. I believe Holy Spirit and um, Jesus came in that room and rocked their world. Jesus is the baptizer. A mighty wind came and clothing tongues as a fire sat on them. And now the Holy Spirit and fire is here and is ready for you to come to this altar. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. So there's three categories. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come. So if you are in within those three categories, you have fear that you want to lay down. You need a healing. And you just want the fire of the Holy Spirit. So if you wrote, wrote something down, I want you to come and you could just lay it down right here on this, um, on this uh, speaker. Because we're not going to take it back with us. We're going to leave it. That fear leaves today. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. No, I want you to stay up here. Those that, you know, uh, put it there, stay up here. And then those that um, want healing, come forward. And those that want the baptism of the Holy Spirit with fire, come forward. And um, before the ministry team start praying, I'm going to pray with you as well. And, um, and Pastor Derek and and those, I want you to tell us what you um, came up here for, whether it was for healing, whether um, you, you just laid down that fear, or whether um, you want the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's many more that I sense is uh, need, in need to come forward, you know, to the altar, you know. I don't know what it is. Sometimes the enemy just tries to trick us and try to keep us in our seats, you know, but he's a liar. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Do you think for a minute that those people that came to Jesus thought and cared about what anybody else thought about them that came to Jesus? When they heard that Jesus was there, they came to the front and they said, that man that was blind, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And he kept saying it, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thy son of David. And they was telling him to be quiet and telling him to hush and shush and, and, and you're too loud. And he got louder. He said, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, he said, I'm not going to miss my moment. I'm not going to miss my moment. I'm not going to miss my time. He's here. I sense him. The crowd is rushing him. And I know I need him to know that I'm here. I need him to know that I'm waiting on him. I need him to know that I'm the one that needs prayer. I'm the one that needs prayer. And I thought about that. I was like, wow, it's like 
You know, it's a different time that we're living in. It's a different time, you know, that we're living in because when Jesus walked the earth, they, they, though the leopards came, the woman that had an issue of blood came. Actually, you know what? I didn't mention this part. You know, the woman that with the issue of blood, you know, she was going to the doctors and she was getting medical care and she was taking the medication that she would that was given to her. And guess what? She got worse. She got worse. So how many people that has been taking these medications and how many people has been, you know, running to the doctors and their condition has worsened? I'm here to tell you the only help is Jesus. The only help is Jesus. He is the only help. He's the one that heals our diseases. He's the one that heals our infirmities. He's the one that delivers us when we put doctors before Jesus. That's not a good thing. We have to put Jesus first and say, you know what, Jesus? I don't know what's going on, but guess what? You created me in your likeness and your image, and you know me. You formed me. You got into the ground, and you formed me. You handcrafted me. In other words, he put his hands on us. He handcrafted us and said, this is a good thing. This is a very good thing that I created in our likeness and in our image. And then we don't go to him and ask him to fix us. He's the one that created us. He's the one that did it. We go to the doctors and ask them to fix us. They don't know. They're taking guesses. They're thinking. That's why it's medical practice. They're practicing on us. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is here, Holy Spirit is here, and he's ready to set you on fire. He's ready to set you on fire, that there's a fire burning on the inside. Jeremiah said it's like fire, and it's shut up in my bones. Lord, we declare and we pray for the fire of the Holy Ghost to set ablaze in this place. We declare in the name of Jesus that your fire was set ablaze in the name of Jesus. You can come forward. You can come forward. You can come to the uh, ministry team and just tell them what you're here for. I'm just going to pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, set us on fire, God. Let the fire of the Lord fall on us. If you're watching this live, there's no distance in the spirit. What's happening right here at the altar can happen right there in your living room. Right now, just move everything out of your way. Move everything from in front of you, all the tables. And make an altar right there where you sit in your living room, right there in your bedroom. And declare that the fire of the Holy Spirit is going to fall in this place and shake my entire house. That there will be no feeble among my house, no feeble among my family. Declare freedom in your house from violence. Declare freedom 
from poverty, declare freedom from sickness and diseases. Declare healing flowing right now in your house. This is why the Unseen Realm Conference is so important. That's going to happen Thursday. What God is starting to blow in this place, what God is releasing in this place, he wants you to get connected this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He wants you to get connected as he pours from his heart into you this week. Push everything in so there's nothing going to be held back. While they're getting ministered to, I'm going to pray for those that have to leave that you can be dismissed. I know we're a little bit after 12. And those that want to pray for the people down here, you can come stretch your hands this forward and pray for them. Father, we thank you for every heart, every soul that came today. We thank you for your people, your beautiful bride that you have founded upon the, the rock of Jesus. I thank you even now, Lord, that as they leave this place, but never from your presence, that you would go with them wherever they go, to the stores, to the restaurants, and that you will give, that you will release words of wisdom, Father, that they will respond to, to those that are in need. I pray that you will release healing through their hands, through their hearts, through even the joyous smile of the youngest in this place, that holding babies will release your healing power through the most infinite, smallest person in this room. And I thank you, Lord, that you're supernaturally putting marriages back together, that you're putting finances back together, that you're putting hearts back together. It's your, not your desire to leave anyone broken. Father, I thank you for a full healing today in the mighty name of Jesus. Over 2,000 years ago, you, you released it. And we can stand in that and it doesn't lose power. And we say yes in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have to go, you can, you can head out. We love you. We bless you. And if you're here, just pray.